If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 478 for January 19th, 2021. Uh, I am back with you, along with the usual crew. Good to have everybody here, although not for much longer. We'll get to that in a second, but don't worry. It's not like a permanent thing. I, that was really <laughs> ominous. Of, like, not for much longer. Anyway, Ryan McCavery here. Miranda Sanchez there. I hope uh, Brandon Tyrell also there. Good morning. And the person I was referring to a moment ago, Destin Legary, here for now. Bam. Hey, everybody. We got to make this a hype episode. Because I'm going on paternity leave after this. Yeah, yes. baby. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got to uh, savor the bam because it's uh, we're going to be without <laughs> it for a while, but it'll be fine. It'll be back. So yeah, Destin, this is your last show. Uh, you are you've got your schedule set, and then of course the baby will will have the baby's own schedule, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not going to be here next week either way. Mm-hmm. So, looking, uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, are you, are do you, do you, do the two of you feel ready? You feel what's, uh, how's, you know, it's your first time. So how are, how are things in the household right now? I cannot wait for the baby to be here and to kiss his feet. I know that sounds weird, but like, I want to play with him and like, I'm really, really excited to be a dad, honestly. Like in, in all truth, like I, I have like, uh, I'm, I'm just stoked. <laughs> Love it. You're gonna join IGN the the IGN Dads Club. There are we're we're a growing contingent at the office yeah, right, these days. <laughs> right now, I usually don't share like really personal stuff, but right now he's kicking like all the time, and like I kind of like touch his feet and stuff, and then he stops. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and like you know, you sing to him, and it's yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, it's gonna be fun, and and <laughs> you'll probably still have some good times for video games when you're up doing late night feedings and you've just got a, you've just mm. got a baby on you and you could just, you know, you, you can have a controller in one hand yeah. uh, and, in, 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 you know, what with the baby in the cradling in your arms. So are, uh, do you have like a backlog of games lined up since you're going to be not working? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like with I've been locked in the house for so long, I've largely played everything that I want to play. And, you know, like with a little baby, I, I probably wouldn't play anything like too gory or violent. So I should probably get through Hive Busters before he's here. <laughs> That's a quick one. Three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably knock that out like this weekend or something. And nice. then uh then just figure out what I want to do from there. The Mass Effect, you know, games, that's that's like perfect. That's probably what I'll what I'll end up playing. Yeah, uh, if that rumor from last week ends up accurate, it'll be towards the end of your paternity leave time. Could be could be a perfect way to to end your time off by just rolling the, the trilogy again. Give it one last go. <laughs> yes. Uh speaking of cool video games, there is one out this week, the first major new release of 2021. And it's a good one, getting the, the gaming year off to an excellent start. Hitman 3, mm-hmm. Luke Riley from our Australia office, giving it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I can't wait to play more of this. I don't know if I have any other stealth game fans on the panel. I had reviewed 2, gave it a 7-something. The story was horrible, uh, <laughs> and the, the sandbox was good. But this one, you can just, like, just playing the first mission, which I did for preview, I think I talked about it on last week's show, it's they really just kick things up a level and it's uh, i was glad to to watch luke's review and see that it's it's just every mission is absolutely phenomenal so do check that out on xbox one or your xbox series x or s if you uh, are ready for a new game there from the after the fall holiday rush let's get right to it here the big story of the week so we found ourselves smack dab in the middle of of a just Lucasfilm news blitz when we recorded last week. We got the Lucasfilm news, we got the indie news, but then after we recorded, there was more, and that is uh, Lucasfilm, Ubisoft, hooking up on a new deal for a game from Massive, the makers of The Division. Uh, Ubisoft is working on a story-driven, open-world Star Wars game with Lucasfilm, CEO Eve Guillermo says it marks the start of a long-term collaboration with Disney. No other gameplay details have been announced, and Massive is still, quote, actively recruiting for the project. The game will utilize the Snowdrop engine used for the Division games, and Division 2 director Julian Garrity will direct this project as well. No indication has been given as to whether Massive Star Wars game uh, would be single-player or multiplayer or what... Well, it is going to be single-player, but whether it's going to have multiplayer stuff... Uh, what part of the Star Wars timeline it would be part of or when it might be released. Uh, Destin, you've probably spent the most time, or maybe no, Brandon, both of you guys have probably spent the most time in the division uh, <laughs> compared to the the rest of us here. And I'm just sort of curious to start with, uh, Destin, I'll start with your take here. What uh, what do you make of this? Another Another new Star Wars game, not with EA, and it's with the developers of the division. So, you know, thinking about this, division comes really close to being great. And it just kind of winds up being good. You definitely hit a point where you're just like, all right, I've done everything in the division. I'm I'm good for now. But they they have a lot of uh, interesting things with the builds and you know how you collect this cool loot and everything. And I could see that quite easily adapted into a Star Wars like IP. So imagine this. I think Swatter, Swatter <laughs> Star Wars: uh, The Old Republic. You know, written by Drew Carpitian. <laughs> you know, Mass Effect writer, Mass Effect fame. Imagine he writes something for Yubi that is sort of like this sort of RPG light game in the vein of Division, where we have really, really excellent storytelling. We have 
uh, RPG-like mechanics for RPG fans like myself, fans of like Destiny and Division Two, Warlords of New York, and such. And um, I, I think it could be really, really interesting. I don't know that it'll just be like Division, but Star Wars. They're definitely going to have to like tweak a few things. But I am, I'm actually quite excited about this. I think this has the potential to be a great Star Wars IP. So interestingly, it's funny you bring that up. That whether the, whether or not this is just going to be the Division Star Wars. That's my fear as a as somebody who is not on not really a game as a service looter shooter kind of guy. I just don't I'm not willing to put in the time and do the grind, even though the games, as you said, the division's excellent. Destiny, of course, has has has, has had a long, uh, excellent history. And uh, there have been one or two other ones as well. Brendan Tyrell, you did a lot of the division coverage over the years as well. What mm. were you sitting with this? Well, uh, quick correction. I never played The Division 2. Uh, okay, I missed the, I mi no, I missed the window and just it was too late to the boat. So yeah. uh, I did play a lot of The Division 1. Obviously, we did the IGN first on it as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, right? Because Massive is a great studio. They know how to do a cool open world um, without being able to speak to sort of the mechanics and the grindy nature of it, which I agree with both of you. I don't think we need another like grindy Star Wars RPG. Um, the last thing I want is to see like a bunch of yellow numbers popping out of stormtroopers. <laughs> but what I what I do think uh, Massive does really really well is the world building element of it. Um, just based on and again I'm going back to New York because I didn't play two. Uh, just based on what they did with the city of New York, right? How in depth it is, how um, detailed it was. There are like a ton of little environmental storytelling touches everywhere. So like just kind of walking around the city, you could. You could really glean that, you know, there, there's a history there and, and there are stories that were told here at one point. So I really like that aspect for Star Wars because I think we can all agree one of the strongest elements of Star Wars is just how expansive and varied its lore is, right? Like you can really get into the weeds with some of it. Um, and we see, you know, Disney and Star Wars and Lucas like exploring that and all the various different franchise properties they have going on right now. So I would love to see uh, Massive's take on an open world Star Wars. But what I don't want to see is, you know, Massive's last two games solely took place in like one area, New York and then Washington, D.C. And I think Star Wars, one of its great strengths is the variety of it. So it would be, I think, a missed opportunity to have it all focused on Tatooine or uh you know or on a single star destroyer right if you right. play as like kevin the the you know the janitor and a star wars destroyer and you like slowly work up the wings or whatever cool idea but i want to i want to see us go to different various locales throughout the star wars world and um you know i i don't imagine i let me rephrase that i think massive absolutely has the talent to make a a, a varied open world star wars game it's just i would like to see I'd like to see them go in that direction rather than have it solely focused on one particular location. Well, I have I have a follow-up. Kevin, Kevin reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Level Kevin, two. You're on security detail now, Kevin. <laughs> I'm moving up in the world. Collect your orange vest and head out to the, <laughs> the promenade. I have a follow-up question for you guys, sort of about your take on Star Wars. So like uh, Jedi Fallen Order was absolutely fantastic. And mm. um, I, I think that franchise will hopefully continue even though this deal is sort of changing with EA. Yeah, we'll talk um, about that in a sec. Yeah, we have we have the multiplayer shooters. We're looking at Star Wars Battlefront right now, you know, so that that check mark has been made. But we really don't have a, a great RPG game right now within the Star Wars world, unless you count Swoter, which is, you know, you know, still, still going to play. Yeah, that's an MMO, 
Mm -hmm. I'm talking about an RPG though. Yeah. So I guess what I would ask is, Ryan, you've often said that uh, the original uh, Knights of the Old Republic is one of your favorite games. That's basically what The Division is, where it's an RPG where you level up and you become more powerful and you get delivered you know, a, a core story. Um, so could you explain a little bit more about you know, why you would have an issue with an RPG type game, even with uh, the knowledge that KOTOR is one of your favorites of all time. I'm well, just curious. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. say an RPG. I said a looter shooter. Uh, and ah, I, okay. they're, they're definitely two very different things. It's, uh, it's yeah, I, like you said, I don't want yellow numbers <laughs> popping up over the heads of everybody that I take but aim that at. that happened in KOTOR, right? Like you uh, would lightsaber them and like you would, you know, take down well, the health. And... I don't want to grind. Let me put it that way. And it's yeah. like, you could say, okay, yeah, you could grind a little bit in in any RPG, including mm -hmm. including Kotor, but it's it's wasn't built into the gameplay loop and the gameplay mechanic the way that the looter shooters do now. And again, I, I sit here, I'm the old man yelling at the cloud. Uh, <laughs> that I know that that's a lot of people. Like you've been doing, <laughs> you've been playing Destiny for six years, Destin, and you've uh, done it. You do a show about it. Uh, and you love it, and millions of people do. And so I realize I'm not, I don't pretend to speak for anyone except myself. But yeah, I just, I, if, if we're going to get an open world Star Wars game, I hope it's, it's just really, really focused on story and not like, yeah, well, you know, do another, you know, do another uh, wave of stormtroopers to try and inch closer to your cool new hollow belt or whatever well, what if what if it was more like uh valhalla then would that be a better better game for you guys because you have like a core story that you could just play through and then you have all these branching narrative side quests that you could do uh how, how would you guys you or brandon feel about a game like that well i want to go to miranda first because i haven't haven't made it around to her and we're kind of Sorry, veering off in, in a couple different directions oh, here so it's okay <laughs> I, it's interesting listening so um if you are a long-time listener, you'll know Ubisoft games aren't really my jam. I think a lot of their open worlds feel very bloated and samey. Like, it feels like I'm playing a lot of the same things over and over again. I think that was especially true with the Division. Um, when I started playing that, I was like, oh, wow, well, look at this. It's New York. And I was like, wow, it sort of just feels like I'm going to the same places. I, I just didn't really do it for me. And so I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with a Star Wars spin on that. Um, I kind of align with Ryan and feeling a little worried that potentially this is just going to be the division with a Star Wars skin on it. But I would like to think that they're going to do a little bit more, um, you know, I, I think the division is fun and it definitely appeals to a lot of people. But there's also just that. I, I guess what I'm worried about is where does this fit in Star Wars? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, how many more games do we want to play as a Jedi? Which maybe some people are like all the games but also like i don't know i just want something that's creative with this story and i think if you're going to do an open world game in the star wars universe you're going to at least want to get somebody a lightsaber like someone's going to have to have a lightsaber at some point yeah and i guess i'm just a little worried about the fatigue of having to play the same sort of jedi story over and over you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah that I mean, a couple of you have brought up this point uh so i want to i want to get to this now because i share it as well this and I, this this sort of, again, fear, and I'm using air quotes because we're talking about video games, not real life things. But um, but this this uh, anti desire to have it be just the division with with a Star Wars skin on it. Uh, so Ubisoft actually issued a quote in their blog, their blog entry about the game. They said 
we look, we truly look forward to creating something totally different from what we have done in the past while upping the bar for the industry. So yes, it's corporate speak, but at least that's a, that's a recognition and a, and a seemingly an indication that they don't intend to just make the division Star Wars. Cause you know, it's, I think it's, it is it cynical of us to assume that that would be the case. I don't think so because when you, you know, you look at this industry, it's a, the game industry is, is very risky. Game budgets are huge. Uh, only like blockbuster games tend to succeed and everything else tends to have struggle making money. You've got massive, uh, is a team in place that has the talent already assembled to just make the division star Wars. And they've got the engine and like, they've got everything there to do just that. So I think it's a, it's, it's a reasonable concern on our part as, as gamers, but I I'm definitely comforted a bit uh, by again, a bit because we still have to see how this turns out, but I am comforted by that quote from Ubisoft. Miranda, I don't know if that makes you feel any better too. We're so just, again, curious about what the potential is for what this game could look like. And honestly, Ryan, I feel bad because I would not be opposed to some sort of looter shooter, although I don't know what that would look like. I mean, maybe if it's it's set like within some of the resistance or the rebels, whatever they want to take it, some rebel force somewhere else. Honestly, what I'm really hoping we start seeing is these games further expand on the Star Wars universe, like further move out from these main stories and really establish some part of Star Wars lore that isn't really explored in the current canon. I think there's so much out there that is just isn't touched, but then what we do have now is like the same characters over and over. Like it always comes back to the Skywalkers. It always comes back yeah. to the Rebels. Or it always comes back to Resistance. It's tied to these few points that are so set and we really know these things. And I, I just wanted to see some to be able to explore something else, right? Um, I think there's a lot, obviously, stars is a whole universe. There's like a ton of space out there. Um, and to you guys' point, like I think travel has to be part of that as well. I'm curious to see like open worlds, many open worlds, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> and we'll see how they can, can build around that. And I hope that's kind of what they're trying to hint at as far as like, this is different from anything we've ever done, you know, like making it really interactive and vast is what I'm hoping for. Brandon, uh, Miranda kind of makes me think of, well, if it is a looter shooter, what if it's kind of a, a, a plussed up looter shooter version of Republic Commando, <laughs> like a four player, you know, you could, you could get something like that going. Alternatively, what if uh, in, in, you know, a few, a couple of you have, have brought up the point of, of not wanting it to just be in one place hmm. is a Mandalorian story. Could could it be a Mandalorian game? I, I always what? hesitate on talking about that because it wasn't that game technically canceled. <laughs> Thir- what 13, was, 13. was that? 13, 13, yeah, Amy, yeah. Amy, Amy Hennig's game, right? We could have had yeah. that. Yeah, we, we could have, but we didn't. But I think, Ryan, your line of thinking is is really kind of in line with, with mine. Um, I mean, just based off, and again, is it, like you, you said, we know all the pieces that they have and done in the past, and it'd be silly for us to think they're just going to rest on those laurels and not try something new. But, you know, considering that game's not out for two and a half years and we've got, you know, a couple months to fill of talking about it, um, I, I'd say, I, I think like a, a bounty hunter style or like, you know, like Joe used to be a Republic like fighter and lost his way, you know, like salt of the earth kind of getting, Kevin and Joe. Yeah. 
Kevin Weisskalker? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but you know, like drowning himself in whiskey on or blue whiskey on some godforsaken moon <laughs> on the on the edge of the universe. Um, I, I feel like it. You know, the division, the team massive is is really poised to do a more grounded story rather than to bring up Miranda's uh, point about space wizards. Like we've seen a ton of space wizards before. Um, those are cool, but I also really personally hate. Uh, when every main character in a in a universe is the same characters we've met over and over and over and over. Um, so I would love, you know, it's how we get cool new characters, like the protagonist from uh, Battlefront, right? She's great. We, you know, Starkiller eventually or originally didn't exist. Ashoka, from yeah, Ashoka didn't exist. Like we have all these cool new characters that we have now that didn't exist, you know, in the original trilogy. Uh, so I really hope they flex their muscles, but I, I do think that, you know, their pedigree and their history kind of lines up perfectly with a, a bounty hunter esque blaster based jetpack based kind of, kind of dude. Uh, and so, you know, maybe not a Mandalorian, but a bounty hunter or something like that certainly fits the mold rather than massive doing a, Hey, you're a Jedi and you get to wander the galaxy solving problems for people as, as a space, as a space cop wizard. Like that that's cool, but we've seen that a lot. So I, I would love to see I'd love to see them focus on that grounded side. But what and about this guy? Ewok game. You're just an Ewok, you're just rub, running around yelling yub nub, and then you have your little little Ewok baby trees. That's all I'm, I'm yeah. looking out for. I love I Ewok. I think that game would suck. Actually, a, a, game animal Animal well. Crossing Kashyyyk or Animal oh, Crossing oh. Endor. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think this will be a game as a service, but I do think it will be an RPG of some fashion. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Assassin's Creed is an RPG, you know, uh, divisions, an RPG, basically uh, games service RPG. But it's going to have those mechanics, but it's probably RPG light. I don't think you get like a linear narrative because I think EA has that that nailed with Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, and it's I think this is to differentiate and service a, a crowd that Jedi Fallen Order is not meeting. Well, and to your point. Jedi Fallen Order 2 is almost certainly in production right now yeah. at Respawn. Uh, the first one did very well. The Either CEO or CFO, one of the high-up execs at EA on an earnings call, said they think of it as a franchise. So they've, they've pretty much you know, left quite a breadcrumb <clears throat> trail uh, towards that there being a sequel. In addition to the fact that uh, it would seem now, this is where I want to talk next on this, it would seem that EA's exclusivity deal is coming to an end. Now, there's some I've seen some chatter out there with with this announcement of people think, oh, well, the, so the deal is over now. Maybe we don't know for sure. And I'll read you EA's statement here in a second. But I think the more likely scenario is that it was a 10 year deal and it's going to go. So it started in, in 2013 and it's going to go into 2023. Uh, and this based on the fact that this this massive game doesn't have a name uh that there's no trailer there's it sounds like they're just starting it and you know Lucasfilm wanted to get out ahead of the announcement uh I would expect this probably won't come out until at least 2023 which I know Brandon you were sort of uh hinting at earlier and so yes is this it's definitely the end of the EA exclusivity agreement. It's just a question of whether it's over now or whether EA still got a couple of years. Uh, their statement on this is as such. 
we are proud of our longstanding collaboration with Lucasfilm Games, which will continue for years to come. Our talented teams have created some of the most successful games in the history of the Star Wars franchise, including Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and Star Wars Squadrons. We love Star Wars and look forward to creating more exciting experiences for players to enjoy. Uh, now, that sounds like corporate speak to me, which, again, I'm not throwing shade at EA. That's, every company does this. That sounds like a, a, a like a like putting a good face on, yes, our exclusivity arrangement's over, but we don't want you to think that. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Miranda? Yep, we don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Brandon, are you, uh, you concur? Do you you think, uh, so do you think it's, it's suddenly done now. Maybe it was a seven or eight year thing, or, or do you think we've probably got a couple more years to go? You know, I uh, honestly, I don't remember. That was a long time ago, but for some reason, the 10 year figure sticks in my mind. So uh, I would imagine that, you know, Lucasfilms, it's there's only, <laughs> you can't keep a lid on something like this for too long, right? So Lucasfilm Games, like now they're laying the groundwork. It's like, hey, this is our new entity. We're working with a bunch of different partners. Um, and if development is starting now, again, it becomes hard to to keep reps on that. So uh, 
I, I do I do think that this is just, you know, playing the long game and, and setting up the foundation for like, hey, we are going to have a lot more Star Wars stuff to, that comes around. But if the only things in development are things that we've seen announced, none of these games are going to be around before the exclusivity deal ends, if it is indeed a 10-year deal. So I, I tend to side with you on this. I think uh, it's going to expire in 2023. And when it expires, rather than like, good news, more teams are developing Star Wars games. It's like, hey, here's a new Star Wars game from Ubisoft. Here's a new Star Wars game from a, you know this studio or that studio. So I mean, I guess you can kind of look at it. It it sort of was only a seven or an eight year deal with EA because they could the first get two a years. Yeah. yeah. Like they signed the deal and then they started development on battlefront. Whereas now with the, with the deal ending and Disney choosing to work with multiple publishers, multiple developers, they can go, okay, well this, this EA deal ends on this date in 2023, we can get some other projects spun up now and so that they can hit the ground running with this uh, when when the deal ends. Now, the final thing I wanted to talk about with this is uh, the future of the division. And I'll go Destin's uh, Destin's way first on that. Yeah, welcome to the show. That's uh, I'm a 40 year old man. That still happens from time to time. What are you going to do? I'm human, uh, Destin. So we know that there are two two major projects going on at Massive. One is, of course, this Star Wars project, and two. They haven't talked about it for a while, but they're making an Avatar game over there as well. Uh, so <laughs> between between those two and the fact that the Division 2's director is directing the Star Wars project, I think is it is it pretty safe to say, Destin, that, that the, the Division is over, at least if not forever, for the foreseeable future? Yes. Look at that. Nailed it. <laughs> I, I don't really know what else to say. Like, uh, you know, okay, this huge team that's been working on the Division Games of Service, uh, Ubisoft has publicly said that, like, it. I believe they said it didn't meet sales expectations, or, or am I thinking about something else? I don't else? remember any quotes about its performance coming up, but I'm far from an encyclopedia these okay, days. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to say that, but, I mean, you have the Star Wars license. Yeah, you're that's going really to, it. You're going to focus on Star Wars, right? Like, Division's fine. Maybe we see a division three in like five years or something but i don't know i don't i don't think so i think division's done and i think they they go all in on star wars and maybe does anyone has anyone heard from the avatar team like is that still in development i imagine it's still in development because no news is no news but you know we've collectively been waiting for this tsunami of avatar related properties and media for five six ten years now um, and I you just apparently James Cameron has like 12 of these yeah. movies in the can and just ready to go from what from what it seems like. So I don't know, maybe maybe the Avatar team is going to shift over to Star Wars until those movies are closer to coming out. But with COVID, it's just like a lot of balls in the air right now. And I'm not sure, like just based on the fact we have not heard a single thing about Avatar for a long time. Um, and and they did say that they did say Division Two did not meet sales expectations on an investor okay. call in 2019 so i think that ip uh is is gonna go on the back burner for a while yeah miranda yeah i was gonna say every time i hear avatar game i always think avatar the last airbender and i'm just like wow and he's like oh that avatar the blue people okay yeah. <laughs> that was the one on the original or on the 360 where you could get a thousand all 1000 achievement points in like three minutes right yeah yeah i think i, I did it booted it I up was, right really guilty of that because we were at oxm and it was like all right i gotta see this 
And sure enough, you load it up and you do like three things. That 100% was like left to the last minute in the production pipeline. And they were just like, screw it. Boot up the game a thousand points. Go. Just get it, get it into (laughs) certification. But Destin, Um, I think you made a great point uh, before I circle back to Miranda that, that, you know, the division, yes, it's Tom Clancy. Yes, you own it. So that's great. You don't have to pay anyone to use it because they outright own Tom Clancy these days. Uh, That is a brand, I should say. But yeah, I think you made a good point that if you're given the choice between Star a Star Wars game or a or a Tom Clancy the Division game, the the higher ceiling is on the Star Wars game. Yeah, of course. And like when you've publicly said it didn't meet sales expectations, like <laughs> cl- clearly like there's the massive team is going to be working on Star Wars for the foreseeable future and they're probably stoked about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, for they, sure. they they probably loved working on division. I know a lot of the people over there like really love that franchise, but they're like, Hey, guess what? We're working on star Wars next. Like that's, that seems like good news to me. That, that was a hell of a Monday morning meeting for sure. Like everybody was probably jazzed for the entire day. Yeah. I would be, that's what I was going to say too. I think this could be like a nice palate cleanser too, after doing two of somewhat similar games you know you're building on those systems you're learning so much and now you need to take all of what you learned and apply it to star wars or avatar but hopefully yeah, Star Wars. Like, or, you're on one of those projects like oh gosh cross your fingers you're getting on star wars not avatar yeah That's right my- <laughs> well it kind of i'm just speculating here but it kind of feels like you massive or or you know the the execs at ubisoft saw the writing on the wall which is why they were pursuing different franchises or different licenses. And, yeah. you know, with with supposedly Avatar movies coming out, that, that's a great window to align yourself with in making an Avatar game. But if Star Wars comes along, you know, it's the same playbook. It's just a better team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I'm sure this didn't factor in the decision. Like, they, I'm sure Ubisoft would have <laughs> would have pursued Star Wars anyway. Mm-hmm. But... It probably didn't help the division's cause, and you know, Destin just gave the quote about the uh, the underperforming sales metrics. But it probably doesn't help that in 2020 and 2021 that you'd want to really continue on with a game that's set in the middle of a pandemic. Like maybe it's a little too a little too yeah. on the nose for uh, yeah, for current th- events these days. There's more than enough uh, reasons to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, those images of the Capitol from the cover work uh, oh. lining up with the news cycle from the last two weeks. It's just like modern modern day domestic and foreign terrorism is just such a such a touchy subject when it stops being fiction, you know, so I, I can definitely see like, let's just go to space. Yeah. And nothing to have nothing bad happens in space. It's safe. Yeah. I just realized they're both space films, technically. Yes. That's cool. Yes. So, so just uh, a quick note: Avatar Two is supposed to be out on December sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. So we'll okay. see. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, we'll see if the game ends up aligning with that. So yeah. that could be a Avatar hol- fans. I never liked Avatar. I don't like that movie. Be I, careful. I, Max like, Scoville is a huge I, Avatar fan, and he can hear you. So. I didn't really understand. I thought I was like, oh, it's like Pocahontas, but. New well, and 3D. Everybody said it's, it's like Ferngully, right? It's basically Ferngully or Pocahontas. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of mishmash of things that have, have been done before. And then I saw that and I was like, well, it's really pretty. Yeah. I thought it was a phenomenal experience as a mm-hmm. 3D movie in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried watching it again on uh, <laughs> my old 3D TV. Remember, you know, that was, that oh. was a thing 
for a little while at home with the glasses. And I, I think that movie is not a great movie and it's way too long, but it was yeah. a heck of an experience in the theater. That said, that world, I think, could like the, the whole concept and conceit of that world could lend itself really well to a to like a large scale video game. So I think it could end up being a better video game than a movie. But I, I, I totally commenters, agree. I want to hear from the biggest Avatar fans in our comments. I want to hear like, Destin doesn't know what he's talking about. I wow. love Avatar. I have all the shirts or whatever you buy for <laughs> Avatar things. Yeah, those of you yeah. without an Avatar arm tattoo need not apply. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think that universe is ripe for more storytelling, but to everyone's point, like, the first Avatar movie was basically just dances with wolves. So like it's, it's time to explore more oh, of that universe. And I think, I, I think a video game is the perfect venue for it. Let's oh, I've been making that movie 15 years now. Like it's not, I, it's insane. It when I see it. But Supposedly they, they had five. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on the avatar.com slash films and avatar two is scheduled for 2022. Avatar three is for 2024. <laughs> Four is for 2026 and five is 2028. So they have they this all planned like, out. They, they, they shot shooting all four of the others all at once and they're just waiting to release them or something. That I think that was the, cause you know how like the Lord of the Rings trilogy filmed these things back to back to back um, because you know, the team's already there, production's already there. So I think that's the plan they were running with. And then who knows? Like, I don't know what happened, but I feel like I've been hearing there are five Avatar movies coming since I was in high school which yeah. was a long time ago. So, well, I don't to, I don't know what's coming. To put a bow on this, I want to just I know some of you out there are probably like move on guys, but this is a big this is a big story. I mean, this is the first non-EA Star Wars game in a decade. So, um the last thing I wanted to come back to and I want I'll go around the panel here is just to bring this back to what we do know that this massive Star Wars game is, which is an open world Star Wars game. Now, uh, I've I've really enjoyed your points that you've all made about uh, we seem to all be in agreement that we don't want it to be just in one place. But what I wanted to come back to was uh, have there have there been any open world Star Wars games? Because like Kotor, both of them, I they weren't really open world games. They were kind of you know you'd take your ship and you'd go to a planet and there was just kind of a limited area that you could wander around it was i you know that was in the that was really before open world games um well i guess there was grand theft auto but there really weren't any other ones back then destin can you think of any like have we really had any open world star wars games i'm definitely not the star wars expert like there's been a few star wars games that i've enjoyed over the years but i i can't think of like an open world star wars like a like a GTA or an Assassin's yeah. Creed. I, I don't think they've ever done that. Branding I guess, is, I guess Slaughter is the closest yeah, the thing they've public, ever done. Right? And the yeah, not, yeah, not that I can recall, but yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on the definition of open world because there are so many different variations of it. Like, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition is an open world game, but it's a collection of like six big maps, right? right. Um, Knights of the Old Republic was a lot of really wide hallways, but it was technically open world so i i don't i mean to answer your point i don't think i can't recall a a, tr a true open world star wars game um but they've gotten close with with some with you know it's just very huge maps that you can explore and walk around and, and do stuff where it's not just like checkpoint a b c you know 
Miranda, I feel like if there had been one, you'd know about it because you and your team would have had to do a big wiki about it. Mm-hmm. It's true. I would have been like, yeah, definitely. I know what that one is. No, there is there is not that one game that was hugely open world, unfortunately. But this could be a cool opportunity for them. I'm, I'm curious to see what they'll have. Um, I think a plenty of opportunity for puzzles. That's something I'm hoping for. I think there's some cool Jedi puzzles out there, even if you're not a Jedi. They do have puzzles. That's all I've yeah. got. The more the merrier. <laughs> Uh, in that department. So we'll see a lot to learn, but it's, it's going to be story focused. Uh, and the question is, yeah, it'll at least, yeah, it won't, it won't be, <laughs> I think Miranda, you were saying earlier that a lot of the Ubisoft open worlds feel the same to you. This being star Wars will probably not be guilty of that again, just by the nature of it being uh, a space game, a star Wars game. So we'll be keeping a close eye on this one in the coming years. Next up this week, uh, I uh, am an all-time fan. I, I think Ninja Gaiden, the original Xbox remake, of course, of the arcade and, and NES original, but Tomonobu Itagaki and Team Ninja's Ninja Gaiden is, to me, a Hall of Fame video game. It's, it's one of the best pure action games ever made. Uh, well, Itagaki-san has had a, an interesting road since he left Team Ninja, he formed Valhalla Games, which did uh, a very poorly regarded Wii U exclusive, whose name I can't even remember at the moment because I was foolish enough to not write it down. But now uh, he is he's back out on the trail again with a new studio. Uh, he posted an interview with Bloomberg uh, and and was it's a big, long thing. But the, the thing I wanted to zero in on was. Itagaki-san was asked if what he would do if Microsoft called to say, hey, you know, want to come back and work with us again like you did on Ninja Gaiden and and Dead or Alive. And Itagaki-san said, "Uh, I established my own company, Itagaki Games, which is not Tecmo nor Valhalla. I know Microsoft is still aggressive. If they reach out to me, it will be an honor for me. So obviously nothing, you know, no hardcore news there or anything. But um, Brandon, did you were you a Ninja Gaiden guy back in the in the day? We we actually did a Let's Play Let's series, play, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I I did play Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden Black. I can't remember which one. We would have probably um, done Black for the Let's Play, but I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, but you know, years before that, I actually did play it. Um, I never finished it, but I really really enjoyed it. It's that perfect mix of like super precise action action adventure-ish kind of game. Uh, More action, I would say. But it's also, you know, crazy hard, which is something that I really respond to well in video games. So um, I think there is a sort of vacuum right now uh, missing the next big FromSoft game. And I know it's not one-to-one at all, right? Those are very different experiences. But, you know, a very exacting precise difficult game that requires really strong inputs and understanding of of you know mechanics uh to succeed i think there's a vacuum for that and i think that's something that microsoft doesn't really have in their platform right now um it would be cool but you know when i first read that quote i was like oh it would be an honor for him to join microsoft studios i think it it reads more it would be an honor just to be asked it's like yo it's it's an honor just to be nominated you know um so I, I don't know. I, I, smart play for Microsoft, I, I think. I, I think that guy's clearly got the pedigree, right? Yeah, if they were. I mean, I think he's just saying he would like if they called. I don't think he's saying yeah. Well, when I first yeah. read it, I was like, there you go. Just make the yeah. check out to cash. 
<laughs> Destin, we you know we have heard Microsoft talk about that they're they're still interested in in Japanese game development talent and and getting better representation from Japanese game developers on the Xbox. Do you think this could be a good fit here? Yeah, I mean, who really wants a new Ninja Gaiden game? Oh wait, everybody <laughs> wants one. Yeah, hire them. Like, call it something else. Like, I don't know. Well, they'd like, have to. Yeah, it's just. He's clearly very talented. He made Ninja Gaiden games that people love and adore even to this day. Uh, I would I would love to see a new game in that style, but I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to make Ninja Gaiden games anymore. Like, I don't know what's going on there. There's this fantastic developer who made some fantastic games. There's a huge demand for it. Well, uh, he can't because he's he doesn't work for Koei Tecmo anymore. So he, he can't make Ninja Gaiden, but as you say, you know, he could make he could make Ninja Raiden. <laughs> no, exactly. just make 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 it a strong, silent female protagonist. Call it Ninja Girlden. Perfect. We're done. All right, guys. See you later. Thanks. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Brandon Flash show, everybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I would love to see him do another uh, ninja style game, and I think a lot of people would. Miranda, was this uh, is this genre is this series? Was that up, up, up your alley at all? Action games, are, action games are great. I agree. Let's uh, continue to keep uh, diversifying what Microsoft has in their pocket. And I think that'd be pretty cool to, you know, add to the cards maybe. But who knows? Well, and it certainly wouldn't cost them $7.5 billion. Yes. And what is probably a reasonably small team. But yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to mention this story this week because... I am one of the uh, CJ Gibson. I want to give a shout out to former IGN video producer. Uh, he he's actually a wor literal world class Ninja Gaiden player. Yeah. He competed in in wow. global tournaments uh, professionally. He, yes, he earned money and everything. Yeah, we have so, a Let's Play series of Ninja Gaiden one and two with him and Mitchell, and they, they don't die, they, right? They do not die in the entirety of well. I won't spoil it, but you'll have to watch all of one and two to see what happens <laughs> by the end. It's pretty great. Destin yeah, trying to shove the cat back into the bag. <laughs> no, no, like there's definitely something that happens that's worth watching. I I probably the the peak moment of challenge in Ninja Gaiden One slash Ninja Gaiden Black is uh, it's about halfway through. It's either chapter seven or chapter eight, and it's the boss fight with Alma. Uh, it is that's one of the most memorably challenging and frustrating boss fights. I've I almost definitely almost broke a controller with that, but then that's the thing. It's that thing where you you get through it and you're like, it's that immense satisfaction. Yeah. And then the rest of the game is like is you're just you're just skating downhill after that. Um, but I believe Ninja Gaiden, I believe the original Xbox version is uh is compatible on Series X. I'm just going to look it up real quick. Um cuz it's it actually had it had native widescreen support in it originally. And which means it's aged extremely well. I mean the resolution is, you know, what 480 or whatever, but it's uh it is really hold on. <laughs> as I drag the show to a halt. This is important. Ryan's pulling it up right here. It's so cool. There it is. Yeah, 10 bucks. Both, uh, well, all three, but Nin I could not possibly recommend it more. 
Um, it it's a locked 60 frames a second. It's you will you will not regret that ten dollars if you've never played Ninja Gaiden. Um, all right, so let's see how are we doing on time here for the show. Oh goodness, we are we're quickly close. running out of it. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's meeting there are other meetings beeping at me already. Yep. Uh, quickly, actually, yeah. Let's let's pause there. We'll move to the loot box because I do want to make sure to get to that. Um, other than you know what, real quick, I'll mention Game Pass for this week. Control hitting Game Pass. Actually, that's just on the PC side. I think it's Miranda. Is it already there on Xbox? Were you? Because I know I, you were. I played play on PC. I purchased it. Okay, so, so it's, I, I believe it is. <laughs> Game Pass PC oh, yeah. this week. Uh, Desperados 3, which is actually a sneaky good game. I played that at, at E3 Judges Week a couple of years ago. Uh, that's uh, on Thursday. Also, Donut County, another just super fun game. Um, and and Miranda, uh, go ahead. Outer Worlds! Outer Worlds. Oh, Sorry, I'm really excited. I couldn't really see me doing it like that. Woo! Anyway, it's Outer Worlds, y'all. Yes, and then, uh, and then next week... Next week, hitting Game Pass, you have a game called Cyber Shadow, and then The Medium, you know, the first official next-gen Xbox exclusive launching into Game Pass. That's January 28th. And then uh, Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 remastered as well on January 28th. So uh, if you have if you got into the series with with uh, Like a Dragon at, on launch day for Series X, there's your chance with Game Pass to play some more of those games. All right. Loot box time. This is the part of the show where you send in your video comment via Yappa, which is our, our little built-in thing uh, ab right above the comments on any page on IGN.com. Uh, and you submit your question for the panel, just wide open, something you'd like to have us discuss. In this case, Steve Perry uh, talking uh, a very relevant topic with that, with that massive Star Wars game discussion earlier. Uh, Steve asking about some Star Wars stuff and Xbox. Go ahead, Steve. What's going on, Unlock Team? I've got a question for you that's something that maybe you've already thought about, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on. With the Star Wars license for gaming seeming to be more widely available now, what for you would be a dream pairing between a Microsoft or an Xbox game studio and a story to tell in the Star Wars universe and why? For me, for example, I would love to see Ninja Theory do a story about a Sith Lord's rise to power where you actually play as a Sith Lord. Love to hear your thoughts, love the show, and look forward to it every week. Steve, that uh, first of all, that's a great question, great suggestion too, with Ninja Theory with their background in in like the dark side of mental health through ex expressed through their video games. That that could be really good. Uh, I'll go Brandon Tyrell's way first. On no, this. no, no, no. I'm last, oh, please. I'm going to go Miranda's way first then because she's got something <laughs> written down. Yeah, I would say I can go first. Give everyone a second. Uh, so <laughs> I thought about this and I feel like I've been talking about point and click adventures a lot lately. And I, I don't apologize because they are just so fun. They're such a great palate cleanser. I would love to see Double Fine do some sort of comedic point and click adventure uh, featuring droids. Because I think droids oh, yeah. are, are really loved in the Star Wars universe. And I think we could always use some more like droid adventures. And I think they could get up to all sorts of creative things too. And of course you have droids of many different shapes and sizes. And so they could get up into a lot of trouble with a point and click adventure. So I think that could be, that could be a lot of fun. That's such a good idea. And you know, it's funny, you, you've made me think now, 
Like I was, I was a big fan of the LucasArts point and clicks in the original LucasArts days, you know, <laughs> Monkey Island, Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango. And it's kind of amazing. There weren't any Star Wars point and click adventure games. There was an Indiana Jones one that was really well regarded, but there was never a Star Wars point and click adventure. So I like that, Miranda. It's time to time to fix that. Destin, does anything come to mind for you or do you want me to go? Not. Hear me out on this one. Okay. Turn 10. Okay. okay. Now that's pod racing. <laughs> yeah. So so we had the pod racer game. Yes. So like you have like a land-based racing location that you could go to. Um, you could go into the space type location. If you look at like, I think it was episode two or episode three, it opens up and they're in space and they're like trying to take out the Star Destroyer and everything. You could have all these cool like races that you have to do in order to uh lead a squadron or something and you could actually tell a really really interesting story through all of the speed based sequences within the star wars universe and turn 10 does racing games better than almost any or at least on par with than know, grand, grand turismo it. would be the only one that would come close to what they're able to do you know but Turn 10 is just absolutely phenomenal. And I think it would be super cool to see what they could do with a, a racing Star Wars IP. I started it as a joke, but then I started thinking about it like <laughs> while we were getting to this segment. And I'm like, oh, actually, that could be really neat. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I'll say for me, I've already been beating the drum this episode, but I'm going back to the well on this. KOTOR 3, if, if the EA thing is over, I mean, there was the the bioware connection with ea so it's like <laughs> we could have had kotor 3 this whole time we have not uh and bioware now is a little busy trying to rebuild their reputations with uh dragon age 4 and mass effect 4 in in the early stages so they're out but who who's around that would be obsidian and now they're backed by microsoft and the the uh virtually limitless microsoft resources they're busy with Avowed, but hey, after Avowed, why not? They made KOTOR 2, and they did a heck of a job. So uh, that that's what I want to see, is, is Obsidian making KOTOR 3. Finally, that would be my dream. Uh, Brandon, do you have something? Yeah, uh, well, actually, you know, not to joke, but seriously, I was actually thinking about turn 10 doing some sort of pod racing thing. So I'm glad Destin jumped on there and then ruined my train of thought. <laughs> but the other one I was thinking is Undead Labs with their sort of Go systemic a, systemic approach to games. Um, they already have a game where you jump between different characters. I would love some kind of like clone era, like Ooh. you're a trooper, you know, and it's you're, you're going out on missions to different areas and you hop back and forth between troopers and you, you know, they, they gain and earn personality based on the, the just harrowing crap they've had to go through. Like I had, I crawled inside a Tauntaun and now he's got like a red smear on his helmet and you're like, that's Fred. Um, I, I think there's, there's, there's really, really cool moments for like just normal joes in the star wars universe and i think undead labs has a really cool system for that um in place already outside of that i don't think we've had a star wars rts ever or it's been a long time so i think I world's think edge at some yeah. point really yeah I, I can't recall it but like world's edge after they they wrap up age of empires um thinking back to some of the things that we've seen in in star wars like the huge battles from the uh the prequel trilogy right uh i 
you've never really been able to command that and lead those battles. And I, I think that would be really cool to just send an army of droids moving forward. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, have your little hero figures and Jar Jar Binks is like, Misa gonna save the day. And um, I, I think there's a, there's a cool uh, opportunity to make some sort of Star Wars RTS just so you right. can like, or similar to like the Total War series, right? You can you can manage these massive battles, uh, and that really speaks to me as a person who well, doesn't uh, get to manage battles. In the last era of of Lucas trusting outside developers, awesome outside developers to make Star Wars games, which gave us Kotor, which gave us Kotor Two, which gave us Jedi Knight Two, uh, Petroglyph, a renowned RTS studio, there did make uh, Empire at War two thousand six. But again, you're talking. That's fifth. That's as of now, fifteen years ago. So yeah, I it's a, a, a freshman high schooler. Yeah, I hear your call. I hear your call. I respect your call for a new Star Wars strategy game. All right, we are about out of time, but since this is Destin's last show, but for for the next couple months, we've got to give him a chance to get on the board here on trivia. So far, only Miranda is on the board. So quickly, we've got an excellent question from uh, Kanu from Wisconsin. The Xbox 360 ushered in HD gaming on console. However, which of these notable early Xbox 360 games did not originally run in native 1280 by 720p, but a slightly lower resolution, which was, of course, a decision that, that some developers made for frame rate reasons on the 360? Was it Mass Effect? Was it Halo 3? Was it Bioshock? Or was it The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion? Destin, I will go your way first. Yeah, this this question's like right up my alley, and I actually have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess. I don't. I really don't know. Um, Elder Scrolls D. Okay. I, I don't know. Brandon, I also have no idea, and I've played all these games on the 360. Um, I'm gonna say Elder Scrolls just because it's such a huge game. Hey. So I, I am I imagine frame rate was gonna be an issue, but I also remember the textures were kind of trash. So I don't know if it was a an issue or not. But regardless, D Elder Scrolls. All right, you're sinking or swimming with Destin on this. <laughs> Miranda, sorry, I'm gonna be boring, and I was also thinking D um, Oblivion just because it is so large. Also, that was the only game of these three that I did not play. Okay. All right, so everyone united, which doesn't happen often here in the Unlock Block trivia segment. So you're either all getting a point or none of you are. Uh, you are unfortunately all sinking together, oh. not swimming together on this. It was Halo 3. Huh. Halo 3 was hmm. just a touch under, just to keep that 30 frames per second back on the, the 360. Uh, so yeah, it was Halo 3, which was kind of surprising in hindsight what when was you think it? about it. Esteemed apologies to Bethesda and <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to go back and look it up. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, I I remembered this as well when when this question was sent in, and it it was just slightly below. It's not far, but it's just off. So excellent question there. If anybody else, I still need good trivia questions to try and stump the panel with, and please. We Don't stop. just Google Xbox trivia because I know what comes up because a million of you send it to me, which is what's the last original Xbox game ever released? We've done that question before. But uh, reach into your bag of tricks, come up with a cool Xbox trivia question. Email it to us, unlocked at IGN.com. And then remember for the loot box, just go to this episode's page on IGN. So just Google 
IGN Unlocked 478. Go down and leave your Yappa comment, uh, and you could be featured, as Steve was earlier. You could be featured on the show uh, asking the panel a question. All right, we've got a roll. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Miranda, how about you? You can find me at Havocers, and that's Havoc with a K on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and everywhere else. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get a cat to come up here. It's my cat, Morty. You guys never see her. And I, I'm sorry, audio listeners, that you can't see this, but I'm trying to coax her up. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Brandon Tyrell. I am on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell. Destin, we're going to miss you, my friend. Where can, we, uh, where can we find you to keep track on you while you're out? If I post anything, it'll be on Twitter <laughs> at Destin Legary. But just look at that cat. <laughs> you're still baby. Okay, yeah, Daisy is she's just out of camera view. She's down she's just down under under the view. But uh all right, we're already a little over time for Miranda and Brandon and the temporarily outgoing Destin Legary. Destin, on behalf of uh, all three of us, uh, congratulations to you and your wife. We wish you both the very best in your your the new chapter of your life adventure together. And uh, we're gonna miss you, but we're very happy for you. Destin, do you have anything to say about that? He cut oh, off. I, I, I just said, I just said <laughs> thank you, Ryan. Oh, I cut off. Uh, see, the, the perils of working. A nice heartfelt moment ruined by ruined by the internet technology that we rely on to do the show. It probably sounded like a wave of existential <laughs> dread just washed over him. Oh, my goodness. Whoa, all right. Nice. Well, <laughs> Destin, do you have any parting words? No, just uh, thank you, everybody, for, you know, latching onto the BAM and for letting me be a part of the unlock crew i'll be back in a few weeks <laughs> sounds good we'll look forward to it all right Justin, we'll who, who do you want who do you want to carry the bam torch while you're gone legitimate question that's a good question if if i ask you to do it you'll just like bam hey everybody i'm drinking my I, I can i oh, can Mar- bring i can bring the energy i'll tell you what miranda and i'll, I'll pass off hand, hand it oh. off one week or another okay okay sounds all good right. i like that all right we'll see everybody next week take care <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.